nobleman? That uh, is this a uh, is this some kind of aristocratic disease that you have? It sounds uh, from a, a bygone era. It is um, okay. We're on George, by the way. We're live officially. Okay, George from Las officially Vegas. Live. Tom Shattuck here from Boston. I am live in Las Vegas. I am. It is an aristocratic disease, um, unless you count all the poor slobs like me. Who have the gout as well, George? And uh, no, it's not the king. Uh, king Henry VIII did have it. A bunch of uh, those guys had it, but it had to do with diet. I believe they drank and ate um, in a way that would not comport well with today's uh, um, medical uh, suggestion. I would say, possibly. So, and as as these are your role models and your idols, yes. you're just re reliving their lives. I'm, uh, by the way, I'm sorry to hear that. I'll joke. Thank you. Inside. So. So I yeah I have this is the worst one I've gotten yet but it's this this gout here so you know it's very interesting George because I didn't know that you could that you could uh, activate it so what happened was about four months ago I've I've had it on and on, like every few years for about ten years but about four mm. about four months ago I walked to the train um, which is about six miles away and. And that's a long walk. It's a long walk, yeah. But it's you know I like to walk. But so a couple of days after the walk, my foot started to hurt, and I thought, did I just walk in this thing and like break it? And then it occurred to me a few days later that it was a uh, gout. And then last week I walked the same, the same exact train, same place, and then the same thing happened two days later. It started to hurt, and and I read up are, on it. Are you? Are you sure? Are you sure it's not plantar fasciitis? It's, no, I've had that what, too. I've right, had. I got it in this very. Yeah. I got it that in this fair city, Las Vegas, about three yeah. years ago. <laughs> this is what kind of a show is this? This is like a you know medical uh, podiatrist, George. The medical ER story. Podiatrists are, are welcome fantastic. to advertise with well, us. They are. I remember I have a great podiatrist in uh, Metro West uh, Boston uh, that is fantastic. He's cured my plantar fasciitis, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm very happy. I've had that. that. So I will go out and walk six miles today in Las Vegas. That's wonderful. When we are done. That's wonderful. I've had that too, and this is not, this is not that. Uh, but so anyway, so you get swelling involved. Anyway, there's swelling, going. yeah, and it's just it's just it's painful. It's one of these things. Anybody who's been injured before knows what this is. It's one of these things where. You, the fact that you have to favor it, then makes other things hurt. So you know you have to compensate with the other part of your foot, so you don't walk on the ball of your foot. So then the other part of your foot's getting beat up, and and that hurts, and that throws off your leg, which throws off your back. Which it's one of those things. It's like insidious. And then you get plantar fasciitis. Oh, I'm sure. Actually, I can feel. Exactly. Yeah. So listen, this is why this is such a cruel thing, and this is, I'm. I think this belongs in the point of things because. Sometimes you <laughs> point to this. Yeah, sometimes you you um you hit a period where you can do some um take inventory. So so this thing hurts and then come Friday I knew it was official that this was definitely gout. And Friday of course, of course, was the first uh daddy daughter dance at my daughter's school. Oh. She's yeah, she's 8. So <laughs> so I go to the dance anyway, and I don't know if you've been. The last dance I really have was at was 1987, where there's yeah, that's probably the 70s for me. Yeah, and where there's like people dancing yeah. and guys and whatever. And so it's it's interesting where you get when you when you get to be our age, George. I mean, you're kind of a social butterfly. I don't notice that you're all that shy. So um, no, not at all. Right, but I am. I would, so I would get up and dance. Right, so I, I am deathly shy. 
and like my daughter said, why don't you, uh, those are my friend's fathers, why don't you say hi to them? And the two guys are talking there, and I, I was like, no way, I'm not going over there. But so in order to not have to talk to anybody because I'm uh, socially inept, I just stayed in the dance floor to hide. So, ah. Yes. So that was less, you know, traumatic. I also burned about 28 minutes um, in line to get photos taken of us. You know, usually oh. I would never want photos taken, but that was something to do, you know, burn some time. And then in... Um, require no social interaction of any kind. Exactly. Just waiting for pictures. My head is down. Just waiting for pictures. My daughter's thrilled <laughs> anyway. She doesn't know. So we did... But she's a, happy. That's what matters. Oh, yeah. She's happy. And we had a great time. And we, we danced. And it's so... It's really interesting to be... You know, I, I'm in my late 40s now. And to be... Um, some of those songs, I ha the last time I heard them in that kind of atmosphere... Although this is just an elementary school, and it was you when I was races. well, no, no, I was a young man. I was in my twenties in Boston. I mean, they, they played the Macarena. Yes. The last time I, I I really heard the Macarena played loud, oh my, gosh. it was gorgeous coeds dancing in unison to it. Yes, in bars in Boston, and uh, and now to yes. hear it in this situation was like so funny because sway they would sway. Oh, that was wonderful, yeah. And to yes. hear it in, in this like, context, of course, all the. All the you know some of the people helping are our moms who probably were there in the in the nineties doing the same thing, but it was it was a good and healthy thing George to do and uh, and I I had a good time. It was a lot of thinking about things and and it, where you've time stamped twenty years ago and now they're playing the songs again. They played the Spice Girls song. Tell me what you want. Which that thing to us when we were young men was a huge important thing. And now the the most of the young girls who are you know it's only ten year olds they had no idea what they're listening to, it's just so funny you know time doesn't care for about us George that's I guess that's the point of this the time doesn't care. This is the point of things with George Capalbo and Tom Shattuck. For information about George and Tom, the Point of Things online store, and more, go to thepointofthings.com. That's thepointofthings.com. Now enjoy the show. But you know what does care? Your gout-ridden no. foot when you dance all yes. night. So, so you were in pain. You were you were you were uh, just practically inert from pain, stepping across the dance floor. And but you had to continue on, otherwise you disappoint your daughter and have to talk to people. Exactly. So you were willing to trade yes. pain for social interaction. That was your <laughs> that was your calculus on this. Yes, I preferred to stay in Thunderdome. Rather than go outside of Thunderdome. <laughs> At least I knew the dangers there. It's like the people in, um, what's the prison movie, George and Maine? Shawshank Redemption, you know? Some, uh, oh, Shawshank Redemption. You know, it's not exactly like that. Attica for some reason. I don't know. Maybe that was different. Um, um, yeah, anyway, so I was, um, so that's it. So, so, so anyway, so the next day I go to this doctor, and, um, this doctor, this woman who's, it's a walk-in clinic. This woman, and that's a problem because you have to walk in. I've got to walk in, so I limp in, and Sally, my daughter, comes with me. Yes. And this doctor is thirty years old, and she's beautiful. She looks like uh, like like one of the the dark haired um um what were they called Charlie's Angels. The, oh yes, yes, uh, Jacqueline Smith. Yes. Yes. And so I've got to get favorite, on this slab. Oh yeah, Jacqueline Smith. That's who this is. I got to get on this slab. I have to over my primary fat roll, which is tough enough. Then take a sock off, 
and place this horrid, disgusting hoof, cloven hoof I have, and into this woman's hand. And it was just like... It so wa- Jacqueline Smith is examining mm-hmm. your foot, your misshapen foot. Yes, and these are... And you found some perverse pleasure in this. <laughs> no, I didn't, George. I was... I felt <laughs> terrible. It was like, these things are not meant to be together. She's beautiful and intelligent and caring and nurturing, and this disgusting hoof of this gluttonous beast has to be thrust upon her. <laughs> it was... It was awful, but then she gave me some some uh, pills, which are essentially just strong talent. By the way, why is gout medication anti-inflammatory? Why does it have to take a pres- uh, prescription? What are us gout people going to do with all that free, uh, you know, gout medication? Probably because over-the-counter people would take it, and it would do some strange thing to them, like they they couldn't feel their feet or something. You know, that, I don't know. Right. <laughs> There's a reason for this. There is not a reason. There's a reason for prescriptions. There's a a reason for it. There's a racket, George. You're too trusting. People who self people who self medicate can get in big trouble. So there's always uh, people that have you know when they when they do clinical trials mm -hmm. on something, they start out with mice and they work their way up to a few people and they see if they kill anyone. Then they do more. And if no one, you know, they they have there's a there's a a a acceptable level of people dying from it, and that's what they go for. (laughs) I would say, George, that the gout sufferer so you've got the benefit overtly has one goal. I mean, by to seeing... Feel better. Right, to, to have the foot stop hurting. I think that's that's precisely in... Saw off your leg. Uh, I know. I thought about Maybe that. Not. I thought about that the other day. I thought, oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I, I, we're making light of this. No, so listen to this. you're in pain. In case you it's think, it's just, radio, in case you think it's just us fats, George, <clears throat> who get the gout, Jared Leto has gout. Really? Yeah. Isn't that surprising? Who's the? He was the creepy, creepy guy in the last uh, Blade Runner movie, this Blade Runner sequel. Oh, was it really? Well, remember he played yeah, he uh, Mark David Chapman in a movie. Villain. Yes. Well, when Correct. he when he put on sixty pounds to play that movie, he got gout, and he's got had it ever since. Interesting, huh? So, did she give you? Did she give you any? Because I, I remember someone I knew had gout, and I think there was a dietary thing. There's things you can or can't eat. Oh, totally. I've got a whole like, list. I think, of- is it tripe? <laughs> tripe? Tripe, you can eat that. Well, uh, <laughs> no, anything good you can't eat, really. So, there's something called yeah, something something ins that are in that's in steak and sausage and beer. It's all the good stuff. Has it, Maurice? Oh, oh. Maurice cheeks, George. A uh, former NBA player and coach has... Uh, he has gout. Has gout. Has the gout. Exactly. Henry VIII, we know he has gout. We know he had gout. Jared Elvis Lee. have gout. I just I just texted you a photo of a photo of... I think Elvis had gout at some point. I, I texted you a photo of a statue of Elvis. Because I think... Don't you and Elvis have the same birthday? We do indeed. Or am, I, am I incorrect? No, you're right. There you go. I, th- I think I knew that. Jim knew Belushi. That. He's Jim- everywhere here. Jim Belushi? Or oh, Elvis? Sense. Oh, that's... Oh, uh, both of them. So I am, we're going to talk all about Las Vegas. If, if you didn't hear us, George is live from Las Vegas. Absolutely. I can, we're using the technology of Lucy, George, right? Is that what we're using? My, our Backbone Networks, my corporation, partners with a company called Technica del Arte that's based in Maastricht in the Netherlands, and they make a product called Lucy Live, and we've co-joined our products together. So we have a nice interface so we can switch calls and put them on air and screen them and all that so you can have multiple people in different locations at high quality audio this is my sales pitch for tomorrow by the way when the show opens oh very nice i'm out here for the national association of broadcasters show and i am using this i'm using my show demo 
I'm actually sitting at a coffee table in a, uh, a, a area near a Starbucks, and I've got my phone disconnected to my phone through an interface that Lucy makes, and I am talking to you in super high 48 kilohertz quality, like we're in the same studio, but I am indeed in Las Vegas. It sounds if great. We could continue. I could go like to the Tipsy Robot or, uh, you know, um, any place with go-go dancers, anything you'd like, and I could report back during the course of the week. So I've not, episode. I've not been to Las Vegas, George. What do you do? Really? Correct. So, well, number one, it's a great. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you, here's my take on Las Vegas. This is not a place you want to come to by yourself. You have to be here with people you know, because otherwise, it's it's rather depressing and. Because I don't know. Do you gamble? Do you like to gamble? No, my only it's the only vice I don't have. Yeah, me neither. Good. And I, I only do. We've discussed this. I will only do horse racing. So that is what it's all about. And it's also sort of it, it seems like to a large extent kind of sucks the life out of people. <laughs> a lot of it. So uh, there is that. However, it is a perfect place for a trade show. There are a billion hotels. There's a giant convention center, which is, uh, I don't know how many square feet it is, but it's hundreds of thousands. It's probably two or three times the size of our local Boston convention center in the, in the Seaport wow. District. And uh, quite nice for that. And the, the rooms are cheap. It's an easy flight in. The weather's always, it never rains much, ever. When how I long is the flight? Rain since I've been here. It's been cold a couple of years. Uh, about five hours. I, I took, um, I flew up. We need, I think JetBlue needs to be one of our sponsors because I could I could say very nice things about JetBlue Mint. So we had looked at our flights out here, and you can get a coach flight, you know, coach seat, and pay for your bags, and it's about seventy five bucks less than the flat first class seat. Oh, I've got a, I have an internet, I have an internet uh, update. This is three point two million square feet at the Las Vegas Convention Center. I have a researcher here. Working Ooh. for on my side, my producer in Las Vegas. Very He's nice. Eating stuff to me, but um, uh, basically, where was I? He just completely derailed my Jet thought. Blue. I'm lost now. You're what on JetBlue. JetBlue, yes, very good. So I found I could take JetBlue Mint, which is a flat, lie flat seat, and they now give you metal silverware, metal knives again in airplanes. I guess now because they locked the, the cabin door, you know, the, the uh, pilot's door, it's okay. And you have uh, lovely uh, air hostesses. Is that still okay to say? They just call them stewardesses. Mm -hmm. They're um, their cabin crew that provide you with everything you possibly want. So and hold it, on, George. Are, are, do this, well, is the yes. silverware? Does the silverware have uh, the insignia or logo on it? Uh, I did not see a logo, but it had, the knife had a serrated edge, and I just thought right. it seemed like there was something that should be illegal. Because I remember for a long time you'd fly in planes, you just get plastic knives no matter where you were, because they figured you can't do much with that. Yeah, but the, you know metal. the old uh, I, the old I, silverware I is really behaved. classic stuff. I, I I miss it. I have some of it. My mother was a stewardess, so I have some. But uh, it's really oh, cool. It's really? just miniature, wow. and it's good for kids too. And by the way, on this flight, they had Toskies Toscanini's ice cream from Cambridge as one of the desserts. You know what I'm saying? Which is, I thought was pretty cool, and it actually was. It, it I could taste that distinctive vanilla bean flavor. There is another advertiser for the point of things, Toscanini's. If you're listening. We're glad to have you on board. So, yeah, that was five hours. I get in about midnight, and then I was up this morning. I had a text from you saying when you're, you know, when you're out of your haze, your uh, alcohol-induced haze, you know, let me know. And I, I did. So uh, I survived very well. So uh, I am here until Thursday. The show starts tomorrow. It goes uh, every day until Thursday, about 3 or 4 o'clock. And then I am off to Los Angeles for the weekend. We will do a live broadcast from somewhere in the greater L.A. area, uh, as as our next broadcast, if you would like, I think you would. So yeah, so, uh, that's the story. So jo uh, George, you know who lives in Las Vegas? Yes. Penn and Teller. Penn and Teller live in Las Vegas. 
Um, Celine Dion now. She's got an ongoing show, I think. Donnie and Marie. As a matter of fact, there's a big sign. At, yes, they're my hotel. I'm staying at the Flamingo. There's yes. a giant photo of Donnie and Marie plastered on the side of it. <laughs> Jeez, man. I don't know. It seems a little um, kitschy, isn't it? Uh, oh, and it definitely is. Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf live in Las Vegas. He was born, He was raised in Las Vegas. Your you friend... Can tennis Fl- here anytime you want. Flavor Flav lives in Las Vegas. I love him. I don't think that that's a good place for him to live. I'm not sure. Motley, uh, Vince Neal lives in Vegas. He became, Neal's a creator of the Off the Strip Poker Tournament. He launched his own brand of tequila and is now in the club business. The rest of the band will be joining him for a second residency at the Hard Rock. Oh, this is older. Oh, did you see the, the thing, the, the movie, The Dirt, about uh, the Motley Crew? No. It's on that, uh, Netflix. It's, um,. It's interesting, if you were into that uh, era at all. You know, just the deba- debauchery. They're not geniuses, and they it's never were. <laughs> Say? <laughs> but I, I said, they, they, yeah, you're, I agree with you. I, I think my reference movie for the rock industry is Spinal Tap. So that's oh, pretty, well, yeah. That's pretty accurate, apparently. Nothing can beat that's that. Apparently, when that came out, many people said, so what's wrong with that? Many, <laughs> the acts. It kind, of, it kind of ruined the whole arena show touring circuit. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, with the miniature backdrop? Come on. <laughs> it was too good. Yeah, <laughs> Wayne Newton. We know him. It's good, but Wayne Newton. Wayne Newton's here somewhere, getting plastic surgery. He, so all these guys can. That was a vicious, show vicious attack like against. They come in to retire. The, the toast of Las Vegas, he's a, George. He's he's actually quite a good actor. In addition to being a singing star. Yeah, he was uh, Shiloh uh, or whatever. Ferris Bueller. He was in. Wait, he, he wasn't was in, in Bond, Ferris Bueller. The Bond villain was pretty good. He was in Ferris was, Bueller. His, his singing was yes. Dunker Shane. Yeah. was in him singing it was in Terrace Blue. Say it was a recording. He was in did you ever see this is a movie that's very politically incorrect, the The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Of course, with Andrew Dice he's Clay. He's the villain in that. And yes, and he's the villain in that and he's terrific. I mean he's really good. Yeah, so he's, he's been also in uh, he he's been in a bunch of movies. He's very good. Well he came up acting. His first that the the cowboy movie, right? He was in also a, a couple of um he was in Westerns as a little boy. Right. Jerry Lewis a long, long career. Jerry Lewis, who's still alive, is in Vegas. Um, no, as long he's not. His... He's passed on. No, he's alive. Jerry. Jerry Lewis he, is he... long gone. No, he's not. Of the of you mean Dean Martin's friend? Oh, Jerry Lee Lewis. No, you're yeah, thinking that of one. Or different Jerry Lee Lewis. No, I'm saying Jerry Lewis is alive. The crazy comedian Jerry Lee Jerry Lewis, Lewis is dead. Yes, Jerry Lewis is dead too. No, he's not. The. Uh... He's, he's stone Huge dead. in France? No, Sorry. he's not. He was I'm a fan. to break this too. Stone dead. I'll oh. tell you. I will find out. When he is he, dead. I read oh, my research bureau. When did Jerry Lewis? When did he die? We did. Oh, he did die. He did with no fanfare. He died last year, two oh, years there ago. There was plenty of it. There was. Yeah. You you must have had a you must have. Oh, it was a lot of fanfare. There was for Jerry France Lewis. Closed August twentieth, two thousand. Absolutely. There it is. Yep, August twentieth, twenty seventeen. So you you may have had a bout of the gout then, and you were not able. No, to... No, but August twenty seventeen. I mean, it was the summer, so I was probably out uh, doing something. But who knew? Jeez, who else is dead, George? A lot of people. All right, Nick- everyone. But you know that. But so far, we're good. Nicholas Cage lives in Vegas. He'd moved there to escape How about that. Escape the paparazzi. And. Rita Rudner, is she dead? 
I don't think so. I hope not. I liked her. But she was terrific. Very uh, funny. Well, that's terrible to know. Jerry Lewis. God. Yeah, so no, this is a it's, a, it's a great walking town. It's a great restaurant town. Uh, there, there's actually a lot of stuff you can do that does not involve gambling, strangely enough. And for, for a while, they tried to market it to families. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. They decided that really wasn't working, and they went back to Sin City. They went okay. back to the Sin City thing. Well, I mean, the, my problem, George, or my, my criticism, without really knowing much, is is that I worry that it's a new city. So how much charm is a new city going to really have? It can't be 100 years old, right? I mean, it was essentially it's, built up from the desert in the 50s. It's 1940s. In the 40s, really. It's like the late 40s. Lucky Luciano. As a matter of fact, the hotel we were at has a, the Lucky Luciano suite. They renamed it, though. Wasn't Meyer Lansky? Wasn't that his deal? That was involved as well, right? Yeah, I, I first came to so all here sorts of in people in the uh, garbage removal and construction business built Vegas, <laughs> you're saying? Well, back in the days when the mob ran it, uh, there was no problem. I don't acknowledge that there is a Cosa Nostra, George. I suggest you don't either. <laughs> I probably shouldn't. Correct. So I did have my my father's, let's see, my, my grandmother's sister's son was the mob lawyer in Worcester, long since passed on. Buzzy Fazzaro. That's my only mob connection. But otherwise, my family, my Italian side, they were clean. They knew oh, the of course they, they were. Of course, your side was clean, That's George. what they told right. me. Right. I believe it, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was clean. When, Somehow when you've my, made your way to Vegas. Pass away, the mob would send a guy. I have made my way to Vegas. When, when my older relatives would die, the mob would send a, a person as a representative to give their condolences. And he had this, he had this hairdo. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a comb over, but it was like a Swedish roll piled up on top of his head. <laughs> and I figured if you laughed at him, you're dead, right? Yes. So I, I did anyway. My cousins would be very upset at me. They'd say, "Don't." He's going to look at us, and uh, but they would come and give their respects. But so there is a, a, a vague mob connection in my family, but nothing I admit in public. No, Most absolutely the not. I the fact that you've in, you've inherited a mansion, George, is totally above board. I think. <laughs> ill-gotten gains. Mm-hmm. Yes, my ill-gotten gains. <laughs> All right. So what else is there to do over there in Las Vegas? So I said it's a good restaurant town. There's all sorts of great, great food here. Uh, it's it's actually a good shopping town. They started Caesar's Palace, built a mall, which it looks like it's outdoors, except it's not. It's underground. It's like a fake sky, like a lot of also of Vegas back in the 90s. And now there's a hundred of them. There's just all over the place. Right. And this is the one where like is this the one where there's a zip line. One of them has a zip line. Oh, the zip line is right near my hotel. There's oh. now a zip line right near my hotel. It wasn't here last year. The longest zip line in the world, apparently, or North America. I may, I'm thinking about trying it out. I don't know. I've done the. There, there's a giant. So you've you've probably seen the London Eye in London, right? I know of it. It's along the Thames, and it's a, a basically a giant. Uh, these little orbs you get in. It takes about about 40 minutes to go around. And you get up. Yeah, it's a Ferris wheel. Room. Right. Right, Ferris wheel. They, well, they don't call it that. They call it a, something else. But they have a bigger one here. Call it, and they call it the High Roller. That is about 100 yards from my hotel, which is the classic old Las Vegas hotel, the Flamingo, where they've got lots of neon still. It's so, good stuff. So you're not going to so, gamble at all. Well, you look at... Uh, my worry, too, is that about Vegas. So, so there's a lot of things that scare me away. One, it, the, it seems to be lousy with uh, Cirque du Soleil, which I am not a fan of. <laughs> And um, you can easily avoid all that. Good. I would. I would. I would avoid all that. And I don't want to see um, the Beatles thing either. And I know that's a big thing no, out there. No, you can avoid all that stuff. And then the guy, right. the guys with the lions are down, down a guy, right? 
No, they're 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 they've retired. That the uh, the Lions wanted a raise and they didn't give it to them. And right, they they re- protested yeah. the only way they knew how. Yeah, I think one of the Lions retired Roy, <laughs> and then Siegfried just yeah. um, was not a good solo act. Yes, until a few years ago, do you do you remember St- Steve Rossi uh, uh, and um, Marty? Uh, what's that? Oh, shoot, I've forgotten Feldman? his name. Feldman, Ro- Mar- not a Feldman. Martin, Martin and Rossi. Yeah, there was a it was a ninety four year old guy. He was still performing a couple years ago. Now he's dead, like Jerry Lewis. I saw a photo of him. There's a there's a hallway we walked down to go where we're getting our our, uh, our show badges so we can get into the exhibit space, and it's lined with photos of Jane Mansfield and Elvis and Martin and Rossi and uh, great photos of Sammy Davis Jr., the coolest guy of the nineteen sixties. I think correct. Really, you know, neat neat cool guy. Good, did everything. Most talented Jackson, man in maybe. Comic. And maybe American entertainment industry history. I think so. I think so. And very likable. So, uh, you know, I, I always enjoyed him. And there's a lot of photos of him. But, uh, yeah, I will be doing my, my walk down. So, that, you know, what, here's the thing you would like, especially about the city of Las Vegas. You can walk down the street with an adult beverage in, of your choice in your hand and drink it freely in public. There is no open container law here. So I've heard and that. there are literally little bars you walk up to, and they'll just feed you whatever you want. You pay them a little money. You take your beer or your drink or your margarita or whatever and promenade down the street. It's it's very relaxing. So I will be doing – at the end of Ocean's Eleven, they stand out in, in front of the fountains at the Bellagio. I will be doing that tonight. I'll be doing my, my walk of uh, the strip tonight. Well, that's These cool. And what kind of cocktail will you have, George? Dinners and stuff. I will probably have a martini or two, and I may have a beer along the way, just to pace myself. But uh, I will take a long, long walk, and I may be taking some photos and posting them and things like that. So it'll be interesting. And I have a, a number of people I've worked with in the pastor here in town. I'm trying to connect up with some of them. Uh, there's a guy from England that's here with a company called VizRT. I'm trying to see if he's around tonight. And uh, people from my Formula One days and people I work with now. And um, I've got one of my colleges is coming to broadcast live from our booth. So it's going to be a busy, fun week. And hopefully I get some more business out of it. It's always good. So, George, look out, because there is crime in Vegas. So you need to have... Um, be, I, I know that. Be vigilant. Did you realize, George, that Steve well, Wynn's daughter was kidnapped? By the way, I woke up this morning and I looked out you? and I saw the win. I thought I was in Everett. I thought I was in Everett. There's no win in Everett, George. They are Vegas. adamant that you know that, by the way. <laughs> They they haven't taken the name off it though. Yeah, they have. That's the. uh, It's an encore. (laughs) Have they? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's an encore now. Well, there's one of those two. Yeah, there's wins there. Yep. Now hold on one second. This is important. We have to talk about this. The casino moguls that run Las Vegas Strip are worth billions of dollars. That net worth, this is from Listverse.com, can make them and their families attractive targets for criminals intent on making a quick fortune. Steve Wynn, the CEO of the company that owns Treasure Island in the Bellagio had just returned home from work on July 26, 1993, when he took a call from a man who claimed to have kidnapped his daughter. It turned out that Wynn's 26-year-old daughter, Kevin, had been abducted by two armed men from her posh home in an exclusive Las Vegas neighborhood. The kidnappers demanded $2.5 million in ransom, but they settled for $1.45. I love that Wynn talked them down. <laughs> daughter must feel great about that. Yeah. Uh, That's good. I, I, I couldn't pay all of it for you, honey. Sorry. That's fantastic. Uh, the, the kidnappers demanded two point five. He settled for they settled for one point four five. Uh, when Wynn told him that was all <laughs> the cash he had on hand that night, Wynn took the money from the casino vault and loaded 
it into a white plastic bag, which he left in a parked car a few miles from the strip. Once the kidnappers picked up the ransom, they called Wynn and told him where he could find his daughter at McCarran International Airport. Uh, he found his daughter tied up but safe in a car at the airport parking lot. The police received their break just one day after the kidnapping when a sporting club manager named Ray Cuddy, I don't know what a sporting club manager is, walked into a car dealership. Oh, I think that's a, that's a euphemism for something. No. Oh. Okay. Uh, when a sporting cl- club manager named Ray Cuddy walked into the... <laughs> Are you going to a sporting I'm club sure there, George? I'm not sure what it's a euphemism for, but it's a euphemism for something. Why don't you I, go to... I, 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 could, I, will, I will see them. I'll, take I'll us with photos. you. On, well, there are plenty of those. Take us with you on Lucy. I could. We could. We could. Uh, I could have a cocktail made at the Tipsy Robot uh, this week. We could. We could do that. That could be a radio experience. That sounds like a, a great, that great place. The police received their break just one day. Yeah, after. You should. You should come out here, Thomas. Next year, you should come here. You should come here with us to the show. I'd love some to. Excuse to be to come out for. The, you'd love it. I know. I will. I'll try. Um, Keep going, sir. So, so they found her at the airport. She's tied up. He Ray Cuddy walked into a car dealership in Newport Beach, California, and tried to pay. Oh, sorry, my gout hurts. Sorry, cash. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. That's okay. All right, I'll, I'll just I'll just vamp for a moment. So, so by the way, the guy I used to work for, Bernie Ecclestone, his mother-in-law was kidnapped in Brazil, not in Las Vegas. And by the way, his mother-in-law is younger than him, and his wife is forty, and he's eighty-seven. Right. And so they wanted a big ransom. There was no ransom paid. He hired private security. They found him, and he rescued her. And the, all the people perpetrating it went, you know, didn't die horrible deaths, but they were punished severely and were uh, beaten asunder and arrested. So <laughs> there, there could be intrigue. <laughs> Don't get beaten asunder out there, George. Please receive the I'll break. Not to. I'll tell you, I was at one, one, one time I was in Caesar's Palace and didn't find out this the next morning. Somebody... Shot and killed someone out in the in the, the the circle where you drive your big expensive limo up and get dropped off, and then mm-hmm. danced on the guy's body. And Jesus! Then the police descended on him, and they and they just locked all the doors. Poor no, etiquette. If you were inside, I was inside. I knew I knew nothing of this happening. So the the police here are very very. There's a lot of things that go on, but yeah. there is a hard limit. Compart- you, you pass they compartmentalize. It, you getting beaten asunder. Right. It is very. There's a very strict. There's a very sharp edge to the to uh, behavior. They don't. They don't mess around. So I've never. I've never felt unsafe here. I'll. I'll tell you that. But I. Then again, I sort of stay in the sort of touristy areas, so I don't go into the. Uh, you know, the more odd. You don't want to anyway, get danced on. So we're post shot, George. I, I. He was happy that he killed this guy. He danced on yeah, his body. Apparently, after he, after he shot him. That seems like uh, the just poor, poor form. Uh, Ray Cuddy walked into a car dealership in Newport Beach, California, and tried to pay for a new Ferrari with $200,000 in cash. I think that was a wise idea, going out and buying a Ferrari with cash the day after the kidnapping, George. I think that's what they suggest that, usually. He could not contain himself. (laughs) He couldn't wait. When Cuddy returned to the dealership a few days later to finalize the purchase, the FBI was waiting for him. Shortly after Cuddy's arrest, his accomplice, Jacob Sherwood, was also arrested. Both men were convicted of a litany of charges related to the kidnapping and were sentenced to decades in federal prison. But after reading the next... Oh, okay. There you go. So there you go. Decades in federal prison. Yes. Oh, OJ's uh, so sports heist was there. He got in trouble here. Mm-hmm. That was here in Vegas as well. There are a lot of things can happen here. A, a lot of things that, are, uh, that you, you wouldn't want to be involved in. But uh, that's part of its charm. That is part of the charm of the city, that these things happen. My goodness. 
So what did you eat My today, goodness. George? So far, I haven't eaten much. I've just had really had a, uh, a just a just a kind of a donut and some coffee, and uh, and I'm contemplating uh, having a big dinner somewhere in town. I'm going to walk around and find a place. And are you people watching? Good. There were a number of fun. I, I don't know if I well I I guess I do but I I mainly just like to kind of go out and experience and walk around and there's a number of of places that I will will stop in I'll go through that mall at Caesars and uh, I will walk around to, to, to a few different places and certainly go by the Bellagio and uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I I'll tell you what I I don't gamble but I like to go to the sports book at the MGM Grand where they have about fifty large screens and you can watch any baseball or sporting event that's on and eat a hot dog and have a beer. It's very relaxing. Wow, is it the so constant of clatter of the uh, of the slots and the sirens and the bells constantly? There is that. And, and you know, the, the way you know when you're leaving Las Vegas is that you can't hear that. When you get on the plane and you're walking down the ramp, you cannot hear the, the bells go away. <laughs> it is sort of everywhere. It's not in the convention center, but other every, everywhere else it is, yes. It is a constant reminder of what the town's about. What an interesting place to live. And, now- and a... Go ahead, George. Well, there's low taxes, and it's 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 low taxes. It's probably an it's an you know less than an hour to L.A. It's a couple hours to Chicago. It's uh, you know four hours to New York or Boston, and uh, so it's it's very centrally located. The weather is always it's obviously the summer. It's a bit warm, but it's dry, and the winters aren't bad. And so a lot of people I, I've talked to people who live here, and I asked them why how could you live here? And he says, well, if you go away from the strip a few blocks, it's really you know very different, and it's really just you know again for all the reasons it's inexpensive to live here, so. And I don't know if it's good for gout or not. I could look this up. If uh, dry, hot weather is uh, a cure for I gout. I would think that the hot weather would be better for than anything else, George. You know what's a shame? I would think so. How do we screw up the Concord? No. I know. I, I know. That was that was the coolest. Well, by the way, I've and I've done a tech minute on this. There, mm-hmm. there are people developing supersonic aircraft. The problem was they use a lot of fuel. And they make a lot of noise. Well, the noise is the and big thing, right? The big, so they couldn't fly over the country. The noise is the thing. So they're now who the hell? Now designing George, let's talk about this for a moment. Do not make noise. Yes. Who the hell complains about a, a boom? Who complains about that? You know, there were people complaining about the well, USS Constitution, old Ironsides, windows. Oh, stop it! it breaks your windows. Nothing breaks anything. People were were, were complaining about the. The Navy shooting off the cannon in Charlestown at five o'clock every night. That's right. At dusk, and they try to get it to stop. It's like, just move. Some things are, no- are noisy. That's life. Just move. I don't get it. I don't get exactly. how people buy these buy these uh, houses near the highway, and then suddenly they're putting big wall noise reducing walls there. It's, no, no, no. Don't you- like that traffic noise. I like the on ramp, but I don't like the traffic noise. I like it. I, no, so I always love noise. Aircraft that that deflect. I do too. They're de- they're designing aircraft that deflect the sonic boom upwards into space, so you don't hear it. It's very minimal on the ground, or, or break it up. So it may be coming back. I I'd actually seen the Concorde take off at Heathrow Airport during my Formula One days, Ooh. and it was pretty impressive. It had to wait for the previous, air, you know, conventional subsonic aircraft to be a long way away because right. it caught it and passed it in moments, and it was a very impressive aircraft. In fact, a friend a friend of mine took it, so he he was. I don't know if it was turning 40 or something, and, and mm-hmm. he said to his uh, parents, should I buy a motorcycle or take the Concorde? They said, take the Concorde. So he flew to New York on the Concorde, and that was three hours from London to New York. How and awesome. It took two hours to get his bag back. It took two hours to get ah. his bag back, so they lost his bag. So he said, I really feel ripped off. Oh, my so goodness. It was, was a problem. Yeah, no, I would love that. I'd love to go on that Concorde. And, and I would love to go on... Remember, like the heyday of the seven forty seven, where the second floor lounge was like happening. 
Yes. You know, one of my best friends. So he, when he was a, when he was ten years old, he was on the first flight of the seven forty seven. One of my college buddies with his aunt, who was some lawyer in Chicago, and he had a photo of himself in the in the the. Of course, he was too young to drink. Not isn't now, but he was at the time. You know, maybe holding a soda in uh, next to the piano in the cocktail lounge on the second floor of the seven forty seven. Those were great days of travel. Hmm. Certainly, it is shocking just to how far we have not gotten as far as plane flights go. I mean, you could look at a, a plane from nineteen sixty seven and look now, and I mean, obviously it's more computer, you know, driven now, etc. But it's the same damn, uh, which sometimes doesn't work out. That 737 crash was bad right. software. You know, if I write bad software, Tom Shattuck, we're just off the air for a few moments. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if a airline, if an aircraft company writes bad software, people die. Right. And that's what happened. They thought they were stalling, and it kept diving in them, and they were looking at the manual, and it didn't work out, which is just horrible. So, uh, yes. Yeah, no, that well, was terrible. So they the put technology is, in the planes, and they didn't tell the, the crews that the new technology was in there until <laughs> it was too late. No, I think it was a bug. Well, it was a bug. No, there was a, there was a bug was in the bug. technology, but it was impossible for the crews to troubleshoot. Is what I found. I actually read some of the stuff from the the NTSB stuff or whatever who was doing it. I guess it's an international wow. group. Um, so the idea was it was that they put some new technology in the planes, but when they sold these planes, they were sold as being turnkey. So in other words, the pilots et cetera, wouldn't have to learn anything else. So it was kind of like right. they put the technology in, but didn't really tell anybody that it has this new cool thing in it. But when something went wrong, with the new cool and thing. That seven, that seven thirty. Uh, the, there was we didn't list this in the updates in the, the software update you got you didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Always a problem. So uh, and I think that that aircraft seven thirty seven is very commonly used around the world. There's there's mm-hmm. tens of thousands of them in the air. Not the not the one that's having a problem with the other versions of it. Right this second. It's amazing how many ever look at like a flight tracker and see all the flights that are in the air at any one moment. It's literally astounding. The it's it's uh, how many there are, George. It is it's, astounding it's and a miracle the, how these things get off the ground, and just how crude it is. You know, <laughs> we essentially looked at birds and just emulated the best we could. You know, thrust and lift. Boy, don't flap. It's so it's so crude. You know, thrust and lift to get this big hunk of metal just using combustion engines sometimes, and turbines. <sighs> sometimes the simplest thing works. Yeah, and, but you it's... Know, I'll tell you the difference to, between flying in the 60s and the 70s and now is that it's really accessible to anybody. That's that's the big message. What do you mean, all classes? Can fly anywhere. All classes can fly now. It's not... Because it, in those days, it was really... You had to be pretty wealthy. It was like a, people dressed for it. There weren't that many flights. Mm-hmm. It was considered to be very expensive. And now... It's opened up to anyone, so it is. In some ways, it's better, but but the Concorde was a lot cooler. I I will freely admit. Yeah. Well, that was the the famous Live Aid concert. Phil Collins he played both ends of Live Aid in London at Wembley Stadium. He got in a helicopter, went to Heathrow, got in a Concorde, flew to New York. They put him on another helicopter, and he popped up on stage in Philadelphia in the afternoon and did the other side of the show. Mm, lucky world. Good. Double serving of Phil you. Collins. <laughs> if you hated Phil Collins, yeah. it was a problem. But uh, if you like him, it was good. But it was a nice stunt. I appreciated it as mm-hmm. a abuse of, uh, of technology and capital and money and all that. It was a very good thing. And they even did like a, a live over a scratchy radio from the air, interviewed him during this live broadcast. Oh, God. You know, he's in the cockpit with the pilot talking. It sounds terrible. Now, you know, on the plane I'm on last night, there's six people video conferencing with their friends on the ground on the in-flight Wi-Fi. So it's... Uh, 
it's a different world. It is interesting how that Certainly. whole that whole time of the eighties with that and um, Live Aid and and um, even like um, the We Are the World uh, song, how really it was really such a in um, analog um, precursor to the internet. It was really about yes networking on networking and network and network and network. You know that those kind of things were like a social network. There was like the social media of their day, where they could get lots of people to to pay attention, and it involved television. And there was no internet, so it was really on television, radio, and print. Amazingly enough, yeah, but yeah, those are those are cool things. And of course, just now the the Queen, the movie about Queen, right? There, uh, uh, Malik won the Oscar for Best Actor. Mm-hmm. That was a great performance, that live performance, and that band was dying. They were kind of their best days had gone, and it kind of yeah. revived them. It was it was all in about twelve minutes. It's amazing stuff. Yeah, I think you had the Who there so, too. So, so yes. Yeah, so, do you have a specific? Do you have a specific thing you would like from Las Vegas, or would like me to investigate, and I will report back? Is there a? Do you have a list of things for me of something you'd like to know? What would I like from Las Vegas? I don't really know, George. By the way, Las Vegas is one of the only places I've ever been in the world. Get this: you can go to a drugstore, and they have individual pairs of underwear for sale <laughs> on a shelf. That's probably a good Think sign. About the connotations of that. That's that's. Uh, this is your town. Why doesn't Vegas have the Super Bowl? <laughs> so we, well, they're 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 going to have. Well, they have an NHL team, and they're going to have a football team. So they could, in theory, have a Super Bowl here once they have the NFL. But the Oakland Raiders appropriately are moving to Las Vegas. How cool is that? Right? Oh, I love Bad that. But I'm of, saying of the, of the NFL or go to Vegas. I love that. But why wouldn't they have hosted the Super Bowl by, by now? There's got to be a reason. George, fill for 11 seconds, okay? Gambling? All right, fill for 11 seconds. Okay, so they're probably the reason is, is that it that it's, uh, involves gambling because I think they were uh, – the reason there's been no pro sports teams is that they were afraid that the players would actually – kind of like what happened to Pete Rose, you know, would be going in on the action and horrible things would happen. But they seem to be over that now because there is now an NHL team, there will be an NFL team, and more probably to come because you can gamble in other parts of the country and online and there's fantasy sports betting and – online gambling everywhere so it's sort of the 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 uh, evil luster of it has gone away that was probably 25 seconds are you okay no you're not back yet i'm i'm still going i'm back so, you're back oh there you are okay good good excellent was that good i did about 22 seconds thank you but i i, I Wait, probably had more to go I'm trying to help my son find some paper <laughs> excellent so by the way you told me you lost a child yesterday i had an interesting story about this when my son was young i'm sorry that you found him you found your child the child turned up and it's fine Oh yeah, it wasn't that, that he was. That is a terrifying thing. Well, it, well, the thing is, George, we didn't know he was gone. We just saw a tra- child appear from the distance. So. That, oh. Yeah. James. There you go. Hold on. Hold on, George. Phil. All right. No, I'm filling. All right. So I'll tell you the story about my son, which you could hear later because you're not here listening to it. So my son, when we were in a store which had uh, clothing racks, would like to go hide under the clothing racks intentionally. So we'd think he disappeared, and he would sit underneath the clothing racks and giggle. And the first time it happened, it was probably about 10 minutes of sheer terror, trying, where the heck did he go? And then I learned where to look. You'd look underneath and see the, those small feet and legs of the glowing uh, light-up LED shoes stamping around, and here, then here, listen for the, the appropriate giggle. So, uh, and so my message to you, Tom Shattuck, is he grew up to be a fine young man and oh, good. do do that anymore, so it'll all be good. Yeah, yeah, no, no, so here's what happened is uh, 
<coughs> so tell me what happened. Um, what happened was, this is why we couldn't record the show yesterday. Well, at least on my end. Um, right. Was that um, we took the kids out and then, uh, what did we do? Oh, yeah, we went out for tripe. That's right. They, they had calamari and had tripe. So we um, we got back in that, um, then the five-year-old and the three-year-old were playing outside. And then uh, the five-year-old came in. And the eight-year-old was in, and the one-year-old was in, and the three-year-old was not in. Meanwhile, I think if this time, oh. I was in this office working, doing something for work the whole time, um, and and my wife ran down, ran around to find the the three-year-old, and you know he usually stays where he's supposed to be, <laughs> and he he this came, time he did not. He she saw him walking down from a cul-de-sac at the top of our street. So he had been up there. He's unable to articulate how far he went or whatever. He said he was looking at a house. So, um, so then she was irate. Buy a new house. This is not our first time. So the other, so a few weeks ago, he actually snuck out to the corner. We we live in a corner, so he snuck out to the corner to wait for his brother and sister's bus to come. Oh, right. So he's just sitting. He's three. I mean, he's not admirable thing, but right. Exactly. So my wife was home alone, and she, you know, you change a baby, you do this, you do that for a second, and that's all it takes. So he's there waiting for the bus, and the police pulled over. Yes. <laughs> and uh, oh my gosh! Right. So there you go. We're on the grid now with the cops, George. So <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> you know, I could. You know. You know, I I I said some I said some genetics from from mm-hmm. you in this child because you seem to do a lot of that you like to wander around and look at things in i do strange locations if I, every time i've ever been in some facility like if you were at this convention center now you would want to be go investigating all the the hidden secret corridors where the staff goes absolutely and, and where people uh you know would deliver things and try to find the loading dock and all that so i see that in your son so oh yeah uh, it could be a positive thing Right. Ultimately, as long as nothing bad happens in the meantime. Right. But yeah, you're right. It is not good to lose your kid. And uh, ask Steve Wynn, right? No. You know? Um, <laughs> but um, but if you can negotiate, if you're a good negotiator, though, it works out. Yeah. Well, no, doing that, that is, looking right? around and finding stuff um, is, um, it's totally, one, you get your bearings, so you, you know your way around if, if you need to know your way around. Like when I go and stay at a hotel or something. Mm-hmm. But also... There's some magic places. I mean, I used to have this. Uh, I used to live in Beacon Hill, and I just look around at these little. That's uh, nice. Yeah, I'd look around at these little gardens um, that are between buildings, and there's this network of them, and this all lush garden. It's like, man, where has this thing been? It's it's. <laughs> and you traveled through them in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's the only where they all go and how they connect. It's the only way to <laughs> only way to go. You can't. Uh, you always got to just go. You're like from- a young Steve McQueen. You were like a young Steve McQueen in the in the uh, living on Beacon Hill. Yep, correct. Thomas Crown or Banachek. Yep. Except we oh, were Banachek. Yes, another great uh, Boston show. Mm-hmm. We were on the other side, though. We were on you the did not row a skull on the river. Yeah, they were, right. Exactly. Exactly. No, I don't trust those boats. My brother just had. My brother had one of those uh, boats. One of those single person. Your, your brother is living in a marina. Isn't he he is, he's still yeah. in a boat, isn't he? Oh yeah, a houseboat, but it doesn't go, it doesn't a, have the motors. Larger bo- houseboat, okay. It just right now it just okay. floats uh, floats around, but it just um, stays moored. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's not. Uh, it's good to have people in your life with a boat, but it's not good to have a boat. 
I get nervous when I even... Yeah, you don't want to own your own boat. No. You don't own your own boat. Never. Never. I live right now near the Merrimack River, and lots of people have boats here, and they take them right from here into the ocean. And oh. um, it's just not for me. It's a lot of work That's and trailers, cool. and I just... Ugh, God. And the problem is, is there, that... There's, there's probably places you can rent boats. There's, I have friends mm-hmm. that sail down in uh, Annapolis area, uh, the Chesapeake Bay, and there's boat uh, clubs. You can just basically... You pay them a few thousand dollars a year, they maintain the boat. You get to take it out once a week or so and, and do things. Jerry and Lewis like is gone, gone, George. He's gone. I'm sorry to break this. This is breaking news. Jerry Lewis it's, is, yes, he's dead. There's, a, there's an interview with him the last year before he died where so, I think it was, it was Rolling Stone or someone is interviewing and he did not want to do the interview and all his questions were one-word answers and he was very angry. Oh, that's great. And it's just classic. you got to love the old guys when it's they get cantankerous. That is great. You have to find that. It's very cantankerous. Very cantankerous. So I had... That you know, guy saw everything. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My God, the days they had. So incredible. Getting together with Dean Martin. What an act. I mean, what a, yes. And how cool was he, Dean Martin? Those, all, those cat, all, those, all those ghosts are around there, George. It was a cool era. I will let you know if I see any. But, uh, yes, they, 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 do, they do sort of... You talk about the history here. There actually is... There's an appreciation of what came before, but when something's done, they just tear it down and build something else. Mm-hmm. They'll implode things. There, there was one year they imploded. It was like kind of like the uh, Space Needle in uh, Seattle. looked like that. And they just took it out. And, of course, it was uh, some company exhibiting at NAB showed how their camera, they mounted the camera in the building and how it could survive a fall. Ooh. And you, it was from inside the building watching. It was before GoPro. So it was a, a long, long time ago. But they, they'll, they'll, they'll just blow stuff up and build something new. They really have no no care. Although there is a neon museum in the outskirts of Las Vegas where they take all the... When they're tearing these buildings down, they take the old neon signs and you can go tour it at night. And they light it all up. But that, I've not done that, but I'd like to. That's yeah, a, that seems like a cool That thing. seems cool. I'd like to see one of those demolitions, too. Breaking news, George. American Airlines oh, yeah. cancellations reach into June because of 737 MAX grounding. They're extending wow. their flight cancellations into June. Can you imagine? Cancel about 90 flights daily through June 5th. Oh, Wow. Can you imagine? Well, I'm doing a Southwest flight, which is essentially all 737s in about four days. Hopefully that's going to go. But I'm coming back, I think, on an Airbus. I flew on an Airbus last night, which is not like a bus. It's more like an airplane mm-hmm. than a bus. But uh, it's a strange name for it. For a uh, Maybe they're talking about how many people they can carry. But uh, it was a fine, safe, long flight that was over in moments so it seemed because I, I fell asleep those flights are great. tough man unless you get the good seats those flights can be tough five hours is a, is a haul or unless you're imbibing the whole time i have i have done well so there was a little imbibing last night uh which helped me sleep as a matter of fact my my uh, stewardess julie the lovely julie said i she says you know i can't sleep on planes and i told her the secret of sleeping on planes is you have to expect you're not going to sleep because that's what makes you nervous. Because you think you have to be sleeping. You just assume you're going to close your eyes and whatever goes, you know, goes. And I, and then you fall asleep. You're in a deep sleep, and you dream and you wake up. And I woke up. There's about 40 minutes left in the flight, so I missed about three and a half hours, or I was, I was unconscious. That is nice. The only thing is, do you snore? I catch myself I snoring. Know, and I'm like, oh Jesus, and I can see the people snoring. I used to. I used to. I had it. I had it fixed. I you had did. It fixed. I went to Mass Ionier and had a, had that fixed. I did. I had snoring fixed. I had, I, I had a surgery where I had my, my septum straightened, uh, I had um, my uvula removed, 
and I had my tonsils taken out. And I wasn't expecting they were going to trim my <laughs> uvula, and I woke up, I had no uvula. And then what do you do? Well, now, what do you, you use it for? It back? No. It's, it's designed to keep you, if you're ever out with me and I start choking randomly, that's because it's designed to keep fluid from going up your nose when you swallow. Really? Lungs. It, it, uh, yes, that's what it's there for. It's a little flap that blocks that. So I, have, I do not have that. So occasionally I will, will choke. However, I don't snore. Jeez, that seems tough. That's a lot of elective it, surgery, it was, George. What else have you had done? I did it once. <laughs> that's all the work I've had done. That's it. That's all I've got. That was, that was my biggest surgery. In, in my life, I actually I had some throat surgery. I, I had a, uh, I had a problem with my voice, mm-hmm. and I went to a, a. Finally, I just I couldn't talk. Imagine me not being able to talk, or it was a raspy voice for a long time. And so I went to the doctor, and they said, "So how long have you been smoking?" And I said, huh? uh, "Never." Oh, well, we'll check that out. It turns out I didn't have a deadly cancerous disease, but they they lopped off some. It was like a, too much gout-inducing food. Mm. And I, I fried my vocal cords with acid indigestion. I know anybody's listening to this is going to just tune this out because it's just a yeah that is of that is disgusting and mm. horrible things. We have to we have to go to something more positive as, as for our closing. I think we need to go to a much positive thing where everyone is healthy and happy and smiling. It did get dark, I George. I mean, you're be, the one in uh, Vegas. You should have a thousand go, things. And I mean, you should have intentions. There, there and... are go-go dancers at my hotel. Do there you have a booth, babe, George? A positive thing. Uh, just Rich Cherney, my business partner. He's no, 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 no. So does, do don't. people not use booth I, babes anymore? I have a anymore? cousin that says I need a booth They do, but I think it's considered corny. It's considered to be very corny these days. But there are, they are there. corny, there, George. There's plenty of lovely, rentable women in Las Vegas for many purposes. Jesus. <laughs> nice booth babing. And, uh, but we're not hiring, like booth babing. We're not, we're not hiring any of those. So, uh... So... George, um, so, balls. Uh, here's, here's a, yes, go ahead. Yes, sir. When you're out, take yes, balls. Ahead. If you find any balls there, like little footballs, little baseballs. I know that you, you know, you're... Ah, you... Yes, you are the king of show swag, so I should find you some show swag. That I love... Be, sh- that should be absolutely possible. Thank you. I need three. I need All right, three yep, or they'll okay, be yep, great three, unrest. <laughs> okay. I will, I will keep an eye on that. I will, uh, I will definitely deliver on that promise. It should be good. So, George, how convinced are you? How convinced are you that the Earth is round? I'm a hundred percent convinced the Earth is round. As far as you know, you you you're con- totally convinced. You know it. I know it. Okay. Have you seen the photos from from the uh, from the Apollo space flights of that round ball hanging out in space? Seen a lot That's of photos, George. Beautiful. A lot of photos lot showing of photos. me how cool Mars Mars is. And how it's so important we continue <laughs> to fund NASA and all these other things when and they take pictures. And of... it's not Arizona. Mm-hmm. It's not Arizona. Is it not? It's actually, it's actually Mars. Well, so just go go uh, go online on YouTube mm-hmm. and look at the launch of any SpaceX er, uh, ro- uh, uh, rocket, and they have in in uh, rocket footage of the liftoff, and you see the Earth recede and the curvature of the Earth form, and the glow of the Earth atmosphere and the darkness of space. It is absolutely round. Are you a flat earther? Is this something? Is this? Uh, is this I'm a, open to uh, everything. Uh, breaking news for our listeners. I'm open to everything, George. Here's another thing: if you people know so much about I think everything, Jerry Lewis was a flat earther. Not people knew that. <laughs> well, I am. Jerry Lewis is a flat earther. If you people know so much, George, how come all of the dinosaurs? You people. When I was when I was a kid in the 70s and 80s, all the dinosaurs were bald. Now suddenly, they've all got fur. They have hair. 
Yeah, like the um, <laughs> the pterodactyl now has fur. It's, it's now a bird, which is probably all that it ever was. Um, well, because now it, they're doing this genetic stuff. Uh-huh. They're actually going to re- – Jurassic Park is going to happen. There will be cloning dinosaurs at some point in the near future. In the next, I predict in the next 15 years, there will be dinosaurs walking the earth again. Where's Dolly? Brought back. George. Where's Dolly, the goat? Dolly is the the sheep is yeah. gone. Man, that's just that's just Dolly the sheep is just a clone, not a not recreation. So they're starting at perfect. There's a there's a fine tech minute on this as well. The passenger pigeon. There were billions of passenger pigeons, so people just shot them until there were none left. What? And so they have some preserved they they killed two billion passenger pigeons. They were it was you know, people like to go hunting. And they sh- shot them out of the sky and they died. And they went away. And there are none left. Just However, think the, they have, the they guy have who part. kills the, you know, only the three hundredth left, it doesn't have to feel bad. It's a guy who kills. Oh, I guess if the you kill the last one or the last, in either one of the last two, then you've screwed, the last screwed up. Last pair, yes, they were trouble, right. right? Right. So, and I think I think the answer was they didn't realize it. They didn't, you know, no one was keeping track a hundred years ago. Maybe it was going ago. away. Maybe it had but run there its were course. Literally billions of them. It could have. Well, they're going to bring it back. So that's going to be one of the first... Oh, they're not going to bring it back. They're they're bringing it back. They've got preserved DNA in museums of passenger pigeons. They've got enough of it put together. They've got a whole sequence of it, and they're injecting it into regular pigeons, the Mm -hmm. kind you see flying around in the public garden, and they will give birth to passenger pigeons. Sort of facsimile facsimile passenger pigeons with the same coating. A better pigeon. uh, This is... Sounds like Monsanto, George. <laughs> that new death gel they're working on. Better, death, smarter uh, pigeons. <laughs> you know why not? Why not at this point? Why not? Why not? It's, yeah, we can bring that stuff back. I mean, that's that's a big worry. If you destroy the whole ecosystem, then things do fall apart. And there's you know, there are people worried about bees a few years ago, and they yeah. figured out what the disease is, and that seems to be stabilized. But if there's not bees pollinizing things, then plants don't reproduce, and which is fine. That is a good thing. We don't, we don't need bees. We don't need. That is not true, George. There's the ecosystem doesn't work like that. We don't like need that. mosquitoes. I agree. We, we don't, don't need mosquitoes. mosquitoes. I would like mosquitoes. We to, don't. To, correct. And there's actually DNA stuff going with that. They they can they can inject DNA into a breeding stock that they basically don't reproduce. So we don't they need go to reproduce, spiders. They don't, and they die out. We don't need rats. We don't spiders need snakes. Spiders are actually useful. Are they? Rat, rat, rats. Spiders are useful. They eat they eat things that uh, you know, they'll eat mosquitoes. And there are some that are poisonous, but they're mainly in, they're mainly harmless to humans. And uh, I and they they make they spin beautiful webs, don't you think? Have you ever in the summer found a, a a spider web, the round cobweb of a spider web, and how beautiful that is, gleaning in the sunshine at, at dusk? That's always a neat thing. Damn hippies! So I'm, I'm okay with spiders. Mosquitoes, though, know, I'd like to. Mosquitoes, listen, I'd like to eradicate. Listen, long hair. You with your saving the, <laughs> saving the spider? No, but you know what? What I did do recently that, that I couldn't. Well, say in the last ten years that I couldn't. That I'm not recovered from. Ever taken yes. an injured um, insect and thrown him in a spider web? And then have oh the, yes, then have horrible. the dude come out. Yes, no, I've not done that. I have not done that. Uh, I've I, seen it. I've seen it happen on their own. I was a party to a murder like that. Of a small um, like moth or something, and I'm not okay. It was horrific. Spiders are mean bastards, George. So, are, so are, you ever see praying mant a praying mantis? They are they do exist in New England. Yeah, they I, are mean. Are they? They? And they they have an evil look to them. Oh my gosh, they are brutal. What do they do? They they 
devour things. Very uh, kind of like uh, you know people being eaten by a lion or mauled. They they maul other bugs. They don't just wait for someone to come into their web. They actively go and attack. Oof. What's the trouble with animals is that they don't negotiate. You know. <laughs> well, it's a it's a it, you know it's the the law of uh, of nature uh, survival, but it's a uh, very different than uh, you know humans who have. Uh, brains and laws and right. maybe some morals and we think about things so the wind don't have that they just kevin win kidnapping he, they negotiated a fair negotiation between they gentlemen can't. there's no negotiation between insects and, and animals <laughs> or spiders this has been a dark we're show back, george we're dark again. how do we make this it bright you're show. out there having fun i, I mean don't... Hi, by the way, how's my? I, I, I bought these little soundproof panels, George. This should sound markedly sound, better. You sound great. Thank you. You sound fantastic. That is a bright spot. It sounds fantastically no no echo at all. And I I'm very pleased that we have this technology now where we could one of us could go anywhere in the world, and do a remote. And I think that will be in in coming weeks. This is a bright spot. We'll be not going to to horrible places. We'll be going to bright shiny places. Perhaps I'll have an addendum to this from the tipsy mm -hmm. robot at some point during the week. We can we can discuss Not the, the timing of such things as, as I am three hours behind you and uh, possibly we can pull that off. So is day one of the uh, show tomorrow? Day one of the show is tomorrow, starting at nine a.m. and it goes until I think what six o'clock, I believe. And uh, it should be should be good. That's usually you know in any trade show the first couple of days are the busiest and then they go to show goes till Thursday. So Wednesday noontime, a lot of people start leaving, and Thursday you get all the weird people. <laughs> that are kind of have odd stories to come in, which is actually the most fun day. And that's the day where you can actually go out and look at things on your own, because I have some technology to look at, and uh, I'm actually... I'm, I'm building in my new office that's being soundproof now. I'm going to have a radio desk, and uh, we'll have a place to record. It should be a very nice purpose-built studio space, which would be pretty cool, which is a lot less complicated than it sounds. But that is going on as we speak in my uh, my mansion ill-gained mansion back in central Massachusetts. My, my crew is there working on it. So we will have that as a bright spot to look forward to when we do a in-person live show, although we seem to do just fine remotely. Mm -hmm. No, I do think so. I think, think that we right, should so, try to do something on the hit the road, too, this summer. we got to be outside. George, maybe that's what's great. happening here. It's, it's at, um, what's that called? That thing when it's too dark and you get depressed? Uh... uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've dated. Uh, it's like a lack of lack of sunshine. You yeah, be exposed to daylight in the winter. Something Although deprivation. We're the, we're yeah. the bright part of the year. I think it's because you're in pain, and I'm I'm feeling bad for you, and we, we're sort of. Uh, oh, we're so there you go, George. That's that. so, since we're already down. That you. The point of things. Yeah. This brings me the to my big, my lowest point, George. So, the morning after. So yesterday morning, after the daddy daughter dance, I'm lying in bed. Yes. And my foot is throbbing, and it hurts a lot. And, of course, I try to stretch my foot out, and then what happens, George? I get a vicious, worse, vicious before. cramp. A vicious oh. cramp, like a charley horse in your calf. And I can't undo it because oh. I can't move my foot. So it's just pulling and pulling, and I'm screaming in my bed, and screaming in my bed, and no one's coming. Jesus. Yeah. And I couldn't undo it. I'm like, ah! And uh, eventually, and you don't have a saw, I got it half. I got it half it undone, and then um, since since the day before, whatever. I, anyway, so <laughs> the day before, I had had uh, I had had uh, some very spicy food, and so my stomach was 
on fire, like a, like it feel, felt like there was lava in my stomach. So I was writhing oh, from awesome. two things. Yeah, from two things, and I was then lying there afterwards with my with my um, the thing my, my cramp and my gout, and I thought, man, this is the lowest of the low. This is my low point right now. And the worst thing is, George. Well, since you have when I had yes. both of those things going for me now. You can't favor your calf by using your foot, and you can't favor your foot by using your calf. So my left leg was unusable. So I had to so hop. Did you do something like you just you just you just um, shove your hand into a drawer and slam it to try to distract <laughs> you from the the pain in the foot? I could have used this. So I, Thomas, I think the point of things is when you're in pain and not feeling well, then then the world seems a little dark. Yeah, I think that's what it is. That's what it is. I wonder if I've ruined. I wonder if that pretty doctor who is now shriveled and ashen from having to touch my gouted foot. Something that God would never have wanted to happen. She she took a Hippocratic oath, so she's able to to basically block it out. I think she's I th heard her throwing up, George, even before I left the office. <laughs> Later on. Later on. Oh my gosh. So we do. We, no, I'm sure she's seen worse. I hope so. She's a lot worse. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> or maybe or you should maybe ask her, is this the worst thing you've ever seen? And if it is, yeah. then you should... But that is dark. That's very dark. Hey, is there tripe so over we, there? Are we good to... Are we done? Hold on. I'm oh, I'm sure there is. Tripe okay. in Las Vegas. Uh, there's a place... There's a place... Batista's Hole in the Wall, I think, has tripe that I may go to nearby. But I, I flew out here last year. Matter of fact, this restaurant was favored by a... a Boston radio personality that you and I both love and revere, Larry Glick. Love he was Larry. friends with Batista. And if you go to Batista's... 254 eight. Eight. Uh, Right. So is this Larry? Yes, it is. Let me How check. are you? Let me check. Let me check. So there are photos of Larry Glick all over the wall of this place. With oh, Batista no, that's great. 60s and 70s. Yeah, so I may I may be going there one night this week. They may have tripe because I do like tripe. My dad and I used to go to the Boulevard Diner in Worcester and get tripe, in, back in the the seventies, and uh, it was quite good. I, I actually was just there recently looking on the menu to see if they still had it, and they do not. So uh, I'm gonna have to find another choice in Worcester, but there should be tripe here in Vegas somewhere. Oh, cool. No one else but me will eat it. You can get it down yeah. at uh, Cugino's Italian Deli too, George. That's on. Okay. For uh, Maryland Parkway. Down that's there. a little. That's a little ways for me. You know. You know what? There's speaking of delis. There's a Cantor's L.A. Deli here in the, in the promenade, the Link Promenade, where they have the the zip line and the high roller and the flamingo that I can walk to. There's a nice little restaurant row. They're kind of like, kind of a little kitschy. There's a a uh, English fish and chips place, and and there's a place that has hot dogs, but they're not bad. And there's also a Cantor's Deli, which is very good. Oh, so I will be such checking good that stuff. out. Oh, it's oh, wonderful. All right, George. I feel like we've maybe not delivered um, useful, life-changing content to a knockout blow. Yeah, I mean the Turk last time. I mean that we were lousy the with Turk good was info. Awesome. Yeah, I did blow up your whole story though. Oh yeah, yeah, you did. I did. You, you I did, did definitely your story. I apologize. You burned for that. it down, George, before we before everybody down. got to enjoy it. <laughs> but still, at least the intention <laughs> was there. We did a pre. It's inside baseball. We need a pre-show conference. So we, we don't do those things in the future, I think. So we, we or, you know, you know, just human decency should dictate, you know, that kind of thing, I think, George. But you know what? You're from a long line of mafiosas, so uh, what am I supposed to expect? Yeah, apparently. Really. Apparently. You know? <laughs> well, all right. Enjoy yourself out there. God forbid you leave me the uh, Aston Martin or, or uh, the Maserati, by oh, the way. Mail. 
Yeah, the Alfa Romeo. The streets Alfa up Romeo. here where I live are made for a car like that. They would be. Well, we could discuss that next time. It's parked in my garage. I can tell you where I've hidden the key. You'd have to get into the garage. It's one of those hide-a-rock things out in the driveway? <laughs> no, it's uh, well, I'm not going to tell people where it is on the internet because it's, then they'll know where I hide my key. It's under the lamppost is a fake a rock. rock. It's it, under the lamppost is a, a is rock. a is a fake nope. a, sh- a fake can of shaving cream. If you could unscrew the bottom, you'll see that the key is it's right there squirrel. for everybody. It's a fake for, squirrel that no one will go near. It's, for, it's, a it's animatronic squirrel. and you can hear it, but it. it's got red eyes too, which I think is a mistake, George, but it's 485 <laughs> Main Street, Worcester, Massachusetts. That's George Capalbo's mansion. Big half moon driveway. Squirrel in front. You can find that. Yes, yeah. and, and pull it and drink. Take my Alfa Romeo for a spin. Just fill it with gas when you put it back. <laughs> All right. See you later, George. <laughs> see you later. Have a fine day.